Well, 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 we made it after a very snowy April 1st yesterday. That was interesting. And today is Friday. It's Open Line Friday on Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about, typically anyway, anything weather, science, earth science, astronomy, geology, you name it, we'll cover it. However, on Fridays, I tend to do something a little off topic. Sometimes it's a topic related to science, and sometimes it's not. And this is one of those topics and one of those Fridays. I hope you're going to find it very interesting. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 172 for Friday, April 2nd. 2021. Well, it looks like an overgrown birdhouse on a pole, maybe a birdhouse on steroids. Perhaps it looks to some like a giant dollhouse on a pole. Maybe you've seen them, and perhaps you've seen them, but never really fully investigated what those are. Let me tell you what those are. Those are called Little Free Libraries. And the original one was actually built just a little more than 10 years ago by the late Todd Ball in Hudson, Wisconsin. And then uh, he put this up uh, to honor his mother. His mother had just passed away at that point. She was an avid book lover. And so to honor her memory, he put up this little free library and he started putting books in there that people could take or maybe even if they have a favorite book that they no longer want in their bookshelf, they share it by putting it in there so someone else can take it. Well, in time, Ball and Rick Brooks together started building and installing more of these bookhouses in different areas of the Midwest part of the U.S. where they lived in Wisconsin. After a while, the idea started to spread when people noticed, hey, what's that? They expressed what uh, they were trying to do, and people really took to the idea. And so the Little Free Library was officially incorporated as a nonprofit organization in 2012, several years later. And pretty soon, everyone across the country started to build these Little Free Libraries. And they get to register them on the website, littlefreelibrary.org. And by using the website, and I will provide a link for that website in my show notes, episode 172, you can take a look at a map and find out where these little free libraries are close to you. It doesn't matter where you live across the country. They're all over the place. And I believe there are hundreds of thousands of them now all over the place from coast to coast, border to border, even in other countries. Very, very cool indeed. My first introduction to the Little Free Library was basically noticing one of these right up against the lakeshore of Lake Erie in Vermilion. 
just up the road from a French restaurant that we had frequented. The name is Chez Francois. Many of you know where Chez Francois is. If you walk north, just a handful of feet right to the Lake Erie shoreline, you will see a little free library. And it just intrigued me. This was many years ago now. And ever since then, I have been noticing where others have been placed, including in Chagrin Falls, including in Mayfield Heights, right next to one of the coffee shops. So they're all over the place, and they're usually stocked with some really interesting books. So if you're an avid reader and you want a good book to read, ferret out one of these little free libraries and see what they have and grab a book. And when you're done with it, You can either take it back to the same little free library or put it in a different one. So it is truly an amazing place for someone who is looking for a good book to read. And maybe the bookstore is too far away or perhaps you have a limited budget and it operates just like a library. It's free. You take one book or you put one back in. Well, today we're going to talk to the designer and the host, if you will, of a little free library located on the grounds of an elementary school in the Euclid area. In today's program, we're going to go to Adrian Learning Resource Teacher, Ms. Kathy Stang. And uh, she is a part of the Adrian Elementary School staff, and she's the one who came up with the idea of putting a little free library on the grounds of the elementary school. And I'm going to let her tell you how exactly that came about, but uh, it is, for Northeast Ohio anyway, one of the local little free libraries that have a great story. So without further delay, let me introduce you to Kathy Stang, the Adrian Learning Resource Teacher at Adrian Elementary. Kathy, welcome to Open Line Friday on Weather Jazz. Thanks for having me, Andre. Well, let's uh, talk about your little free library. We're going to start a series on these. Um, only because I've always been intrigued. First of all, I love reading. And the first time I, I ever saw a little free library, it was in Vermilion, Ohio, right on the shoreline, just north of a restaurant that uh, we like to attend uh, and uh, enjoy. And it looked like a birdhouse, a giant birdhouse, and, and naturally it attracted me to it. And I thought, well, this is a novel idea. And uh, then I did a little research and noticed that there were hundreds of thousands of these now all across the country. And so my question to you, you have one uh, at the elementary school there in the uh, greater Cleveland area. So how did you come across Little Free Libraries and what gave you the idea to put one there at the school? Well, first of all, um, I am a teacher and I teach at Adrian Elementary School. And when one of my students said to me, um, you know, I would ask the students to read for 15 minutes every night just to improve their reading skills. 
And one of my second graders looked at me sincerely and said, what am I supposed to read? And I said, your books at home, of course. And she looked at me and said, I don't have any. It was that day that I was like, I never want another one of my students to be to um, say that to me. Mm-hmm. And so I actually um, learned about an organization called First Books. It's a national nonprofit organization. I raise money to write grants to them because the books are free, but you have to pay for the shipping. And so I work with a local church, Mayfield Church. I also write grants to the Legacy Village, which is part of the Cleveland Foundation. And so I I receive all these books. And the piece where the little free library comes in, we have another one down the street a couple blocks. And unfortunately, a couple of our students vandalized it. And our principal was so um, distraught that our kids would do that to our community that we actually met the owner of it, uh, Pam O'Toole. And my principal at the time, Dr. Woodby, he took the third graders down there as a field trip. We walked a couple of blocks. We learned about the history and everything about the Little Free Library. And he turned that into a positive experience. And when we came back, I said to him, you know, that would be so cool if we had a little free library outside of our school. I definitely could um, start a book exchange there. And I definitely have enough books to put in it. And that's how it started. And our students use it all the time. It's fun. And I can tell that it's expanded because I'm always constantly checking it to make sure that that it's filled with books. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I see different books in there that I haven't put in there. I see kids looking in there. I see parents looking in there. It's fun. And since then, it's made me more aware of the free little libraries around our uh, city. There's also one right around the corner from my house that I, when I have, um, the way first books, works they'll send me a carton and if a carton is 48 books in it i might get 90 you know two cartons full because i want enough for an entire grade level and when i have extras then i can you know disperse them how i see fit so i try taking them down to that library too so you would ask me um what type of books are mostly in my library because we are an elementary school, most of our books are for the younger elementary students, but I've seen junior high and young adult books in there. And I've also seen adult books in there, but the majority are for the elementary school kids. So was this a school project to actually build it and decorate it and then put it up? When did it go up? That is a good question. We actually um, have someone on our um, in our district who's a very talented carpenter, and he he actually built it. I know his first name is Lenny. Mm-hmm. He built the um, library for us, and I want to say it went up either nine, ten years ago. And the cool thing is. 
we have a really good relationship with the South Euclid Police Department and the South Euclid Police Canine um, officers come to our building and bring their dogs to our building. So they come and do demonstrations for our kids. And so we actually had another library built and donated it to them and they put it in the um, South Euclid uh, City Hall. So they said when, you know, they unfortunately have some young kids with parents, but then they have that library there so that they can um, read books. And I try to give them boxes of books to keep that stock too. So that's phenomenal. Your question. Oh, absolutely. So it was nine or 10 years ago that that went up. And it sounds like the your love of uh, books has uh, propagated beyond the school grounds. And uh, you're responsible for a couple of them out there. Yes, I think that's also, great. Yes, we also put them in our other um, K through three buildings. There's one at Roland Elementary in South Euclid. And there's one at Sunview, which is located in Lyndhurst. So there are way more than just uh, just one. So that one actually propagated to, to several that are in the area. And you just answered one of my questions is if somebody wanted to visit the Little Free Library or libraries, in this case, plural, where are they? Uh, so uh, people in the greater Cleveland area, at any rate, uh, can go visit uh, them. Uh, and you said that you noticed, you keep checking on them, you noticed that uh, people of all, all ages will come and check out the kind of books that uh, are in there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It, it, I find that fascinating. There's sometimes I go up there in the summer, too, to make sure that it's still, mm -hmm. you know, stocked. And I'll see adults there. I'll see kids there. It's fun. During the pandemic, one of our teachers had the idea to change it from a free little library. She made it a free little pantry. And mm -hmm. for a period of time, when the pandemic started, we had uh, canned food and uh, dry goods in there. That seemed to be a very popular thing to do. I've, I've seen that happen in a number of locations where they, at least very briefly, uh, made it a little free pantry and it served the community very very well that's terrific and uh, the um, the little free library that you have the one at your elementary school how often is it visited is it uh, daily is it uh, maybe weekly do you keep track of that uh, that traffic that comes to your little free library I, I do in the sense that I check it all the time, but I can tell you when we're in session, it's daily, hourly, <laughs> all wow. the time. Mm -hmm. In the summertime, it's harder for me to monitor how often it is. I can only judge by, you know, I can tell when different books are in there that I haven't put in there or when sometimes it kind of windows down and I have to restock it. That's how I can tell that people are still visiting it. Okay, here's the uh, the big $64,000 question now. What is the most interesting book that you have seen go into the little free library, the one stationed at your school? 
That is a great question. And you know what? <laughs> this is such a funny answer. It was a primer from way back when with the Dick and Jane series of C-Spot, you know, C-Spot, Chase the Ball. <laughs> wow, wow. Yes, I was shocked that someone still had a copy of that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that goes back a few years. You know, yeah. I still remember that from my youth. It's like, wow, that's fascinating. Now, uh, have you ever personally taken out a book from that little free library or any little free library? I tend to put more in than I take mm -hmm. out. But yes, I have taken them out because kids will tell me that there's a certain book in there and they think it's interesting. So I have taken it out, brought it into the classroom and read it to my students. But then I tend to put it back in there. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you visited any uh, outside of the ones that, that you know that you uh, generated interest in, in putting up like the one at, at the schools the, the schools that you're aware of the the police station etc have you been to any of them outside of the greater cleveland yeah. area um I'm not so much outside of the greater cleveland area i've seen them in lake county mm -hmm. usually i'm driving when i uh. see them but I've seen them in um, like Don Hardware Store in Richmond Heights. They have one right in their lobby. So I, I've visited that one. I've seen, I'm trying to think if I've, I've seen them out of state, but I've never actually stopped at them. Oh, interesting. Uh, and uh, obviously when you first see them, you're more cognizant of them when you spot them and you know what they are after you go and investigate what is this giant birdhouse looking thing with windows and books inside and then you realize uh, it's a uh, it's a community projects project rather to spread the love of books and yes. it's a it's a great idea and uh we are going to in this series explore uh, a couple of different angles of the Little Free Library uh, aspect, or the, the, if you want to call it a craze, because it was started by two gentlemen, I believe, in Wisconsin. Uh, one of them has since, since passed away, but uh, now you can register them, and you can look at a map and see where they are at. Uh, there is one little free library. The farthest north that I know of is one just northwest of Fairbanks, Alaska. I'm trying to get in touch with, with the owner of that one. So far, no luck. But I have another interesting one and whose owner I did contact. It's in the U.S., but it's about as far north as you can get in the U.S. without walking over into Canada. And we're going to have that individual coming up a little bit later. Uh, as well as people who uh, donate to the little free libraries. They, they've never built one, but they've seen them and they want to share their books. So they see to it that they take these books and stock the little free libraries. So we've got some interesting aspects that we're going to explore here in the next uh, couple of weeks. So uh, as we wrap up today, uh, is there anything you want people to know about 
little free libraries, maybe to someone who has never heard of little free libraries before? I would say that once you see one and once you realize what what they are or what they could possibly look like, you will notice them everywhere. I mean, it's funny. I see them all the time, but it's such a cool idea because you read a book once and then you can share it with someone else instead of just having it sit on the shelf. I always say that a book on the shelf collecting dust is, is such a um, shame. The, the book should be in the hands of people. And I know we have electronic and e-readers and everything, but there's still nothing like having a book in your hand. And I definitely think for my age students that I work with, um, they need to have books in their hands. And, and there's research that shows that too. They need to understand that there's words and prints and symbols that mean something and can take you on adventures and help you escape things such as the pandemic <laughs> and not being able to connect with others. It's a fun way to connect with others. And I would say, give it a try. E even if you don't have a book, go look and then you can exchange it and pass it on and move them around, you know. I, I just think it's such a cool idea. And thanks to the two gentlemen who started it in Wisconsin and passed it down to all of us. You're exactly right about uh, having a book in your hands versus e-readers. I do both. I got books on my iPad, uh, but there is just something about having it in your hands, flipping the pages, feeling the pages, seeing it, being able to enter into a world. Uh, I just recently read a book by Jacques Pepin, the, the famous chef, about his journey as a young chef in France to how he came to America. It was fascinating. But in that particular case, I don't think I would have wanted to read that book on an e-reader or an iPad. I wanted it in my hands to take with me wherever I could go. Well, that one's done just recently, so I think I'm going to find a little free library to put that book into. You're right, because what good is a book that is collecting dust on your shelf? Especially if you enjoyed that book. You want somebody else to enjoy it, right? Exactly. Yes. All right. Tell me exactly where your little free library is so that if people want to go visit it, uh, they can. It is located at our right outside the front door of our elementary school, which is Adrian Elementary School at 1071 Homestead Avenue in South Euclid, Ohio. Kathy, thank, thanks so much for being a part of Weather Jazz Open Line Friday and talking about your little free library. Uh, may it serve your community, and everybody who comes to visit it very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for doing this segment. And so that's what it's all about, the Little Free Library. And perhaps for the first time, you now understand what those little things are, and uh, it would probably be a great project for you and your family to locate one 
to rummage through some of the great books that might be in there and maybe look through your own bookcase at some of the books that have been collecting dust and that you want to share with others. It's a great way to do that. I'm going to continue in this series on little free libraries from different angles, and I'll pick up again next Friday. And you won't want to miss any of these angles because they're all truly fascinating. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence by email, by just over the fence, maybe on social media, any way you can. And special thanks to all of you that have partnered to support Weather Jazz. The most recent member is Dale Osborne from Kirtland, Ohio, along with other Ohio families like Will and Tanya Krause and family, Christine Barnes and Rose Moore. In Vermont, Victoria Singer. In Florida, Bill Martin. And in Tennessee, Andrea Rich. And I'd love to add your name to that list. At the bottom of every episode, you're going to find a link for those that do want to become a monthly supporter. And it's as low as 99 cents a month. I would love to add your name to that list. We have a growing family, and that's very, very cool to see. It's very encouraging to see as well. Now, if you have a question or a topic suggestion or just want to say hello, you can easily reach me. I've got the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. That's my main uh, avenue, essentially, for getting your word to me, and you can call me and leave me a message. It's 234-525-5888, and if that's too fast, you're listening to this in the car, not to worry, go to weatherjazz.com. It's at the bottom of every episode, and I look forward to hearing from you, even if it's just to say hello and how it is you came across the podcast, where you're from, and uh, what you most enjoy about weather jazz, or maybe a topic suggestion. I love all of those. Well, if you're listening to weather jazz via any one of those great podcast apps available and that are out there, remember to subscribe so that you can automatically download every episode as I make them available. And if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area, or plan to visit, or simply just traveling through, you can catch my 5 and 7 p.m. weekday weather segments on WJW Television, Fox 8, or online live at fox8.com. Now, today, I did the noon show, um, and I did not do the 5 and 7. Our schedules were shuffled a little bit for vacation uh, coverage and that kind of thing, but I am back on my normal routine this coming Monday on April the 5th, uh, and I'll be there at 5 and 7 p.m., but remember, if you're watching from another time zone other than the Eastern time zone, uh, this is uh, all talking about the Eastern time zone. Eastern daylight time is what we're on these days. All right, we're going to see you on Monday with another engaging episode right here on Weather Jazz. We'll see you then. Weather and science across the globe.